Tuesday. I think I need like. Yeah, we should have a sad Tuesday entry. Sad Tuesday. I need a one of the sad meals from Burger King. Feel your way. (laughs) Feel sad today. Mo is still mourning the loss of. uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. So sad. (laughs) Just so sad. I think I might have to go rewatch the movie again mm-hmm. just so I can properly mourn her in the theater. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Coming up on today's show, uh, Sri Lanka Church offers forgiveness. Uh, big deal. Plus, latest news, random facts, a lot more. But first, it is a sad Tuesday. May 14th. <laughs> I'm sure that it is someone's birthday out there today, and I'm sorry I'm not doing it justice. But I'm just not feeling happy today. Well, we got some holidays. Let's see if any of these cheer you up. Okay, you know, the first one kind of does. It's Dance Like a Chicken Day. It's not Chicken Dance Day. But you know what? Whatever makes you feel happy. You do you, know. You do you. Uh, It's also National Buttermilk Biscuit Day. I'm so glad that buttermilk biscuits have their own national holiday. Matt's over there dancing like a chicken. Uh, I'm doing the the neck thing. That's the chicken. Chicken neck. Chicken neck. Yeah, you remember when we were in middle school and they used to call people chicken heads? Do you remember that? I think. I don't think I ever knew what it meant. Chicken head. It's not a good thing, so okay. let's move on. All right. Uh, and then lastly, it's the Stars and Stripes Forever Day. I can't, they just played this song, and I can't think of how it goes now. Stars and Stripes Forever. No, that's not I, it. I don't know how it goes either. It's our, it is our nation's March song. So this must be the day it was written? Probably. Published. Stars and Stripes Forever. How does it go? How does it go? There's someone super patriotic out there listening to us right now that is very disappointed in me, and I feel like his name is Kevin Walborn. <laughs> Stars and stripes forever. I was Googling That's it, That's exactly too. how it goes. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no. Pretty sure that's how it goes. Matthew. <laughs> Stop being a bump. <laughs> Why is our Google so slow? Because <laughs> uh, we're both trying to get on at the same time, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. It's not working. <laughs> oh, well. Guess hey, we'll never know. here we go. <laughs> play it. Play it in the microphone. Okay. Briefly. Uh, it's coming. Dead air. Hold on. Dead air. It, 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 it's loading. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. Um, we don't got time for this, Mo. Well, you know. <laughs> While it's loading, if you love what we do here at the Backer Morning Show. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, John Phillips. <laughs> visit <laughs> visit patreon.com slash Radio. <laughs> Partner with us. Find out where all your donations would go. What incentives you could get. <laughs> That's how it goes. Stars and stripes forever. I told you I had it right. (laughs) 
Gotta have the uh, You're My Friend and I Trust You Guys come on and do it with the kazoos. Have you noticed they've been starting all their shows with a kazoo lately? No, have they really? <laughs> Doing a song on Donnie kazoo. and Jordan. Well, they hey. did. Uh, they're trying to show us up, is what they're they, doing. They did, they did Old Town Road on Kazoo's. What? Last, last Friday. I ain't even mad. That's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Oh, man. All right. It is Top List Tuesday. List. I, I, I got the T in there. Top List. Y'all keep Tuesday. your shirts on, okay? <laughs> Uh, we got real quick. We got three Arizons. Uh, pastors should go to youth camp. I like this. Yeah. Uh, as the page opens up for me, this is from the Facts and Trends blog, which we love over here at mm-hmm. the back row, uh, by Luke Holmes. Uh, so here are the th- three reasons. Number one, the three reasons. It tells the church that youth ministry matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we. Oh, we we almost in <laughs> uh, in this in this culture of you know joking around about the church that we get into with Backrow Baptist Church and and uh, all over the twitters and whatnot. We almost what's the word exclusively make jokes about youth ministers not being real pastors. You know yeah. that's that's always like the joke because yeah. that's what a lot of them are most self-conscious about so obviously that's where the humor comes from sure and a lot of this is done by youth ministers themselves you know that's where the best jokes come from mm-hmm. is the ones that have lived it but that's the idea so you know when are you going to become a real pastor kind of thing and we get that whole idea uh that whole mindset towards the entirety of the youth like they're a part of the church but they're over there mm-hmm. you know they're not a big thing you know let them grow up over there and then when they become adults they can be a part of the real church. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, when I was in youth group, I was like, why aren't they taking us seriously? Yeah. And almost immediately after getting out of youth group when I turned 19, I'm like, they don't know what they're talking about. Don't listen to the youth. <laughs> they yeah. are dumb. <laughs> I was one of them just so <laughs> so short time ago. <sighs> but but uh yeah, this this is the idea here is that if you invest some of your time as the senior pastor going to youth camp and helping them where this is a lot of where a lot of growing and coming into the idea of what faith is happens for youth because mm-hmm. it's hard to do that at home. You know, it's hard to do that with your youth pastor once you've been coming for a while because, it, you know, there's nothing that that snaps your attention away from the mundane and the normal yeah you go to these these big events these big youth camps or whatever you have a an experience away from what you're comfortable with away from what you're used to Mm -hmm. uh and that's where you know a lot of students do at least maybe not growing per se but at least realizing things you know that's where you have kind of like these epiphanies about your own life Mm -hmm. and to see that and to put uh, effort into that and to pray for these kids where they're at that would be fantastic mm-hmm. uh, and so the idea is that it shows the church that youth ministry is worth time effort finances and prayers yeah you agree with that a hundred percent a hundred percent I also feel like 
there's a portion of the church that sees this week or however long that the youth is at camp as like a vacation from them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And no. I mean, I have two youth my myself, so for me, it is a vacation from from my going through puberty children who sometimes <laughs> I want to hang from the ceiling fan. But for the the rest of the church, you know, who aren't necessarily parents to youth, you know, they're just annoyed by the youth, whatever, mm-hmm. to see their pastor, their leader um, invested in the lives of the youth, I feel like that's a call to action yeah. to a lot of the church to say, wait a minute, I need to love these kids, not be annoyed and frustrated by these kids and happy when these kids leave. I also need to be invested in their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, going off from that, number two is that it shows the youth group that they matter. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, you're like, wow, the senior pastor is going to come to youth group with us, which yeah. which uh, is a big deal in any church, but maybe even a bigger deal at like a large church that has several pastors on staff. Yeah. If the senior pastor is going to go, mm-hmm. that's a big, big deal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it shows them that that uh, that you care and that the church cares about them, and so you know that's that's a big deal too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of that. Even if it doesn't like immediately produce this result, it's going to plant a seed in their mind that they do matter. It's going to pr- plant a seed in their mind that the church thinks that they're valuable, yeah, and that they have something to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ministry wise and ministering wise in the future, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good idea with that too. Mm-hmm. And lastly, it reminds the pastor that God's word is sufficient. Uh, what this means is, you know, when when you spend a week at camp as a pastor, you're going to hear about all the problems that your students are struggling with, uh, whether that be dealing with drugs or, you know, like I think the more common one now is is sexual activity mm-hmm. when you're young. Uh, or depression, bullying, dealing with broken home situations, all these other issues. It can be overwhelming uh, for the kids, and it can also be overwhelming for the pastor to hear that this is going on, but it also would drive him to realize that, hey, this is what a lot of youth come out of, and God is still sufficient mm-hmm. to uh, help them overcome all these issues. Uh, it might even reinvigorate the pastor with the idea of, you know, these things are still out there. We still need to help. Uh, people deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I would think, I don't have the experience, but I would think that the longer that you're a pastor and the longer you aren't dealing with those kind of issues, the more complacent you would get about them. Yeah. And not on purpose, just as a natural result of being a human being, you wouldn't think about them as much or realize that they're such a pressing issue. Right. Uh but yeah, it's uh, it's a situation that would put you in a better frame of mind of what the child, the youth are dealing with mm-hmm. that you couldn't just get from just word of mouth from the youth pastor. Oh, we got a kid dealing with this and dealing with this, but actually right. hearing it from the mouths of the students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's one that he left out. Okay. It should be a number, it should be a four reasons pastors should go <laughs> to youth camp. And I think that the fourth reason is because it it builds a bridge from the church to the youth group. Because specifically in bigger churches, but even in smaller churches, 
they seem like very separate entities. You have your church and then you have your youth group. Hmm. And for the the teenagers, you know, they go through <laughs> however many years, whether it's 6th through 12th grade or 8th through 12th grade, whatever. They go through all these years having their youth pastor be their leader, essentially. The one yeah. who they confide in, the one who they talk to, the one who they go to for daily encouragement and, you know, um, kind of as their spiritual mentor. But then you graduate high school and you move over into big church and <laughs> you have to let go of that youth leader, someone who you've built a relationship with yeah, and start leaning on the pastor. Well, when the pastor is a part of the youth group, you know, by going to camps or by going to activities or whatever, that br- bridge is already connected. You yeah. already have an invested relationship with your senior pastor. And so it's not, the Band-Aid isn't quite as hard to rip off when you graduate high school. You're not just leaving behind your youth group and you don't have anybody, you know, yeah, to not mentor a brand you. New situation. Exactly. Yeah. You already have yeah, this relationship. It could, it, could, it could feel like going to a whole different church at yeah. that point. Yeah. Yep. So I remember that feeling of, whoa, wait a minute. This is totally new. And my my family was really close with the senior pastor and, and their family of the church that I grew up in. But even for me, it was difficult to leave behind my youth pastors, not go to them constantly and daily for prayer and, you know, but to, to start turning to my senior pastor. So I don't know. I think building that bridge is something that... Yeah, I agree with you. That's a good point. It's necessary. Well, check out the whole article. There's a whole lot more to it over at the Facts and Trends blog. Uh, Luke Holmes, guy that wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, good article. Coming up later in the show, the Sri Lanka church attacked last month offers forgiveness. And when we come back, what was the most Shazam song at the Billboard Music Awards? Shazam! Stick around. <laughs> Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show on your Tuesday morning. Uh, Feeling a little happier than we did at the beginning of the last segment. You speak for yourself. Getting over it, Black Widow. (laughs) We miss you, but we have to move on with our lives. I will never move on. And we're going to start with five random facts. Five random facts. Okay, so although it's a stimulant... Caffeine has been shown to have a calming effect on people with ADHD and help them concentrate. So I think I have ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have said for years, caffeine does not make me hyper. Caffeine calms me down Mm. and I'm able to work better with caffeine. Yep. Now I have a fact to prove it. (laughs) As long as I have ADHD. About 60% of a cow is used for food. The other 40% is used to make things like antifreeze, insulin, blood thinners, toothpaste, lipstick, jet fuel, and more. It really is the perfect food. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Just Uh, think as you're brushing your teeth, you got some... A little bit of it is cow. Mm Mm-hmm. Lipstick, a little bit of cow. See, I knew the lipstick thing. Insulin, a little bit of cow. Yeah. Antifreeze in your car, a little bit of cow. Okay. The movie (laughs) Pearl Harbor cost $140 million to make, as much as the actual rebuilding of Pearl Harbor. The movie is also a full hour longer than the actual attack was. Wow. Mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, Popeyes gave Beyonce a free Popeyes for Life card after they heard about how much she loved their food. I mean, I like it and all, but I don't think I can have it for life. Love that chicken and Popeyes. I like their biscuits and their Those, fries. Yeah, them honey biscuits. Mm-hmm. Mm. Biscuits and fries. Mm-mm-mm. It really is good. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And lastly, two tablespoons of honey would give a bee enough energy to fly around the world. Well, what do you know? <laughs> That's not a lot of honey. Uh, all right. The most Shazam song during Wednesday's Billboard Music Awards on NBC last Wednesday wasn't a rock, country, or mainstream pop song. Instead, it was a Christian tune. What? Now, for those of you who aren't aware, Shazam is that app on your phone where basically you turn it on and it listens to whatever song is playing. Or sometimes you could even like hum the song Mm -hmm. and it'll pick it up and tell you what song it is so you can go find it and download it or whatever. And the most Shazam song at the Billboard Music Awards was Lauren Daigle's You Say. You don't say. (laughs) You do say. (laughs) Off of her most recent album, Look Up Child. It was the most Shazam song during the awards show, beating out performers such as Mariah Carey, Khalid, uh, Khalid? Khalid. Khalid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Panic at the Disco. Billboards reported. Shazam is an app that... Oh, I already said this. Identify song. Yeah, the did. song accounted for 25% of all Shazams during the broadcast. One quarter of all Shazams. The song even beat out the combined Shazams for three songs by the Jonas Brothers. Amazing. Which are a big deal right now. Amazing. Because they just reunited, right? Amazing. So good job, Lauren Daigle. She was also on uh, American Idol this last week. Was she? I think it was American Idol. I had to stop watching American Idol. Yeah, I don't. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I just saw a promo for it where she was the the person that worked with all the singers this cool. week. You yeah, know, and gave them yeah yeah tips and tips whatnot. and tricks. Yeah, so very really cool. Neat. Uh, Crowder has a dilemma. He posted, "How do I stop eating chips and salsa? Do they run out, or do I die, or what?" <laughs> And Casting Crown's Wanda Vivo is suffering, quote unquote, for Jesus. He posted, Melody and I are heading to do ministry, leading worship in the spiritually oppressed island of Oahu. Please pray for while we pray for us while we serve in this very dark place. Oahu, of course, is a U.S. island in the Central Pacific, part of the Hawaiian island chain. So, so sad for him and his struggle over there. <laughs> You know, have you ever watched Intervention or Dog the Bounty Hunter? I mean, Oahu can be a pretty dark place. (laughs) I love me some Dog the Bounty Hunter. That was a guilty pleasure show for me. I love me some Intervention. Dog the Bounty Hunter, man. I got to go watch like all of that again right now. Hey, he came to Clovis. He did. He sure did for that new show that once it moved to, I think it was CMT, and so then it became like, Dog and Beth's. Oh, yeah. Something or other. Yeah. But yeah, still, it was essentially the same show. Yeah. And he came to, yeah, came to Clovis, came to our town right here, watched it, didn't recognize any of the houses they went to, but I did recognize them driving down Prince Street, saw Daylight Donuts and all these other things. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, you just got me thinking about Dog the Bounty Hunter and I can't stop. Oh, Matt's got a man crush. Gotta watch it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Walmart plans to increase the minimum age to buy tobacco products to 21. Can they do this? Starting July 1st. It's, if it's a store policy, yeah, they can. They could technically do it for anything. Really? Yeah. I, okay. Joining a growing list of retailers under pressure from federal regulators to curb sales to minors and boosting their age restrictions as a result. Walmart told the FDA in a letter Wednesday that it's going to stop selling fruit and dessert flavored e-cigarettes altogether as a part of their plan to prevent minors from buying tobacco. The FDA in April threatened to fine Walmart, Kroger, Family Dollar, and more than half a dozen other convenience store chains for illegally selling tobacco products to minors. Frankly, I like this. I mean, sure, I like it, and I'm all about it. Um, I just didn't realize, one, that you can do that since the legal age is 18. And I also didn't realize that the FDA can sue. Oh, yeah. Well, not sue, fine. Fine, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, they totally can fine. They can fine. I'm, the, to me, that sounds dumb. I'm sorry, but it sounds dumb. <laughs> Like, if they had proof that people were selling purposefully to minors, sure. But how do we not know that these minors aren't coming in with fake IDs that look legit, that look real, and... Well, I don't think that's what this is talking about. Well, you don't know, it doesn't say. I know, but I mean, having worked in Walmart, I remember the whole training about it, and you you weren't expected to be able to tell if it's a fake ID or not, if it was a good one. Sure, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's I mean, I mean, I mean, even legally, like you had, there were certain things you were supposed to look out for, but you couldn't really be held responsible if there was a really good fake ID that tricked you and the person didn't look super young. Um, but if you missed all these things that proved it was a real ID, like you're trained into making sure it has all these certain you know holograms and mm-hmm, whatever in mm-hmm. it, if you miss that, then yeah. The store and you personally, as a salesman or a retail worker, mm-hmm. would be held responsible for it, which is how stringent they are. <clears throat> but, yeah, after having a conversation with a kid over Easter who's maybe 15, talking about how he's been vaping since he was three, I just wanted to shoot my brain out at that point i just uh, what on earth is happening why are we it's specifically like the fruit and dessert flavored stuff it's been going on the e-cigarettes the vapes and all that like why are we because when that stuff first came out they let they didn't have an age restriction on it and so they let everybody buy it and then the people once they put the age restrictions on it most people say well there's nothing in it that can harm you so they buy it for the kids like they would cigarettes back in the past and just give it to them. Say, hey, at least you're not smoking crack or whatever. Here I you have go. never have once thought to buy a vape for my child. Never once. Well, because your child is asking for one. <laughs> if you had a teenager that was asking, saying, you know, giving you all the reasons why it's safe and everybody's doing it and all this and... And you don't really care all that much because there's plenty of parents who don't and have that mentality of, well, you could be smoking crack. So here you go. Have a vape. (laughs) I could see it happening. Oh, I know what happens. (laughs) My kid got threatened to get beat up after he turned in one of the kids in his athletics class for having a vape. (laughs) 
which I'm so thankful that I have a group of kids that are like, that's not cool. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I just, it blows my mind. And at that point, I kind of thought, well, he has older siblings. The kid has older siblings. I'm sure he just took it from them and they don't even know it. But now it <laughs> never even crossed my mind that maybe his mama bought it for him. Because yeah. <laughs> there's no tar. There's no any of the lung cancer stuff. There's just the stuff that gets you addicted. The nicotine. <laughs> that's um that's a great thing let's yeah. let's <laughs> cause our children become addicted beings before they even hit puberty yeah that yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah mm-hmm. these are the people who should be getting fined mm-hmm. not necessarily walmart kroger family dollar and others <laughs> well, but the, these parents well the fda doesn't control personal homes <laughs> why like what uh, Matt, you need to move on. <laughs> You're just getting too mad. I am. <laughs> I've done that to a few people this week. You're not the first person to see. Tell I me feel like <laughs> like there are times where I yell at my kids, and I feel like if CYFD drove by my house right now, they might take my kids because I'm like such a manic mom at the uh, moment. I'm screaming my head off like I'm a raging lunatic. But then there are these people out here. <laughs> <laughs> Who buy vapes for their children, and their mentality is, at least you're not smoking crack. (laughs) Oh, man. I like it when you get angry. I just don't even understand. My head hurts. My brain hurts trying to process this. It makes no sense to me. Oh, man. Well, we're going to let Mo recover. When we come back, the power of forgiveness in Sri Lanka. Stick around. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on this Tuesday morning. We're in our third hour. and we Kind of a weird a, Tuesday. It is an odd Tuesday. We went from being sad. Now I'm like, I'm in an uproar. And now we're about to be kind of sad again, but also a little bit uplifted. Uh, so, of course, Easter came and went in America just fine, but over in Sri Lanka... There were terrorist attacks that attacked uh, several churches, as I recall. Um, But a Christian leader in a Sri Lanka church uh, that was bombed has offered forgiveness to the attackers, saying that he wants to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Pastor Roshan Mahesan leads the Evangelical Zion Church in uh, Batakaloa, Sri Lanka. Uh, where some hundred people were killed or injured on Easter Sunday. Uh, Pastor Roshan said that the congregation was hurt and angry, but offered forgiveness because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> he said that the congregation was still reeling from the attack. He said, we are hurt, we are also angry, but still, as the senior pastor at Zion Church, uh, Batakaloa, we, the whole congregation and every family affected, we say to the suicide bomber and also to the group that sent the suicide bomber that we love you and we forgive you. No matter what you have done to us, we love you because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He added they wanted to follow in the example of Jesus who said during his crucifixion, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. First of all, mm-hmm. that's amazing that you can have that mindset. It's it's hard to especially in in this day and age where 
forgiveness is almost not a thing, especially in America. Everybody's bitter about something or other. And we don't, we want to hold on to that. And we don't want to let that go. We don't want to forgive trivial things, stupid things. You and me included. <laughs> Mo's making faces at me because she knows I'm talking directly about her. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's hard for us to to be willing, even even believers, even us believers, it's hard for us to be willing to forgive minor things. And this pastor and the entire congregation of this church that was just hit. I mean, this isn't something that came, you know, years later after, you know, months and months of healing dealing with this and, and healing yeah. and, and coming to terms with what happened, but almost pretty much immediately after the situation, a couple of weeks, uh, they're coming and offering forgiveness in the face of terrorism. Uh, not just because it's a rule of, you know, our, our belief system, but because they honestly feel this way, mm-hmm. you know, they, it wasn't a, we forgive you because we have to, because God says, it's saying we forgive you because we love you because this is who we are and this is who God has made us. You know, it's, it's a, it's a situation that is so rare. And we've talked about this on the show before, mm-hmm. like when parents of, of children who are killed forgive the people that did it. Right. Uh, and even that one case where that mom took in the boy that killed her own son mm-hmm. and ra- helped raise him uh, in his last few years as a teenager, which just is mind-blowing to even think about. Yeah. That kind of love. And forgiveness. Of, yeah, and forgiveness coming out of this faith yeah. of ours. And it's kind of what sets this faith apart from most other worldviews, uh, especially one of no faith, is that... The one real big aspects is the aspect of grace, the aspect of forgiveness, the aspect of another chance. And, you know, I just, I don't know if I would even be that strong or if I could ever get to that point personally. Even though I have that same faith, even mm-hmm. though I have the same uh, belief system, I don't know if, if, if it was our church that was attacked and we lost people and people that I knew and was close to. Mm-hmm. Even years down the line. I don't know if I could get to the hard. point yeah, where I could say that I forgive them. Yeah. <sighs> I would like to say that I could. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. I, would, I would like to be hopeful in that aspect and say... And honestly, if I'm... I was about to say, honestly, if I'm being honest. Honestly, if I'm being honest, the um, truth is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being a bit excessive. Um, I think it. it's always easier for me in the moment to forgive immediately. But then because of the type of person that I am, my, my personality, I tend to, even though I've forgiven, even though I say it's okay, it kind of comes up in my in my mind frequently, you know, I kind of analyze it, I sit on it, and then I'm not so forgiving of it anymore. Mm. And I regret that I said I forgive <laughs> because really now you're dealing I don't again. forgive quite yeah. as much as I forgave right. already. So <laughs> I think that that would end up being how I would end up dealing with it personally. It would 
I would be able to say, you know what, I understand, I'm, I can forgive them, I can move past this, and then truthfully, as I'm coping with it and dealing with the loss on my own, not so forgiving. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Roshan also expresses deep thanks to all those around the world who've sent messages after the attack. He says, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Every word you speak brings such comfort and strength. We will stand and continue what the Lord has purposed in our life. And we are ready and we will continue to fulfill the mission the Lord has given us. Uh, he said 28 people died in his congregation and then 70 more were in the hospital. Wow. Uh, according to the BBC, the death toll would have been higher if a churchgoer had not intervened. Uh, Ramesh Raju uh, became suspicious of a man outside the church who claimed he had come to film the worshipers. Raju, who was killed in the blast, ushered the man away before he detonated his explosives outside the church. Wow. Uh, but in total, more than 250 people died in the attacks across the cities of Colombo, uh, Negombo, and Batacola, Batacaloa. Uh, around 500 more were injured. Um, according to Operation World, 1.2% of Sri Lanka's population are evangelical Christians. So very small proportion uh, of a already very small part of the world and those were the people that were attacked so mm -hmm. given that that was a small very small population of christians already this was a huge hit to the christians of sri lanka and to have this this again to go back to this mentality of being able to forgive in light of that uh is mind-blowing because i'm I, you know i i always go back to 9 11 because mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, a hit on West, Western culture, but, uh, you know, it was also a hit on Christianity in a sense. Yeah. Uh, because that's how it was framed. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how it was framed with, with the, the terrorist messages afterwards. And, you know, 2,997, I think it was, that died in that. Uh, Americans that died in both the towers and the planes. And... Just, I mean, I know that we had this this surge in, in you know, American pride and connectivity and, you know, we're one nation mm -hmm. after that. But we also had a surge in, let's go kill them back, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that either. I mean, that's, you know, this was a, an act of war and, and it called for a response. Yeah. But I don't remember hearing a, any, really, of, you know, we need to have grace towards these people. Uh, you know, we need to get to a place of forgiveness towards these people. Yeah. And so when you look at it in the light of that, when you think back how we all felt when that happened, and then imagine two weeks later saying that we forgive the attackers mm -hmm. and that we love the attackers and the people that sent the attackers. Yeah. Just that's a mindset I can't get to. Yeah, that from I, here, you I know. Think, yeah, because <laughs> proportionally, that was about the same given the population, you know, population-wise. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Gosh, I... it's mind-blowing to think, but also very encouraging to think about because this is the power of grace, and who knows that we could, you know, we weren't adults when that happened. We were, you know young teenagers at the time i was much more forgiving back then 
Gen- truly. Really? I really, really, really was. I feel like you were a, a, a difficult child. No, I think that I probably <laughs> would have been the one that would have been like, why are we not offering grace? Why are we not forgiving them? That probably mm. would have been me at, at that point. Mm. Had that even crossed my mind, that would have been me. Like the only real Christian message I remember from that time was you never know when your last day is going to come, you know, so get right with God Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I don't remember exercising grace. I don't remember exercising forgiveness being a message that came across Mm -mm. the Christian channels Mm -mm. at that time. And so I am very uh, in awe, inspired by this kind of faith, this kind of grace. And honestly, I hope that I can be a person that gets to that kind of point. Um, you know, you have these scenarios. I don't know if everybody does this, but I know that I do. You know, imagine terrible things happening and how you would respond and how you would react. And, you know, if if something were ever to happen to my wife or my kids or whatever, how who would I be? You know, yeah. what would I become after that? Would I just spiral and become nothing until I die myself? Or, you know, would I be able to forgive whoever caused what happened, you know, whatever accident, or would I be able to, uh, not be angry at God for this, you know, happening Mm -hmm. so early or anything like that? You know, I don't know how I would react. It's hard to get to that point, but I know how I would wish I would react, you know, and this guy, this church is, uh, is displaying exactly how I wish I would be in these situations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could. <laughs> I made a comment in a text the other day to a friend about how I asked Alexa what was the weather for the day. And she said, oh, I forgot that you have Big Brother in your house. And I said, yeah, but I'm always nice to her and polite. And I think that you and Hillary may have chatted about yeah, this. Yeah, I think but, we talked about it a bit. Um, I said, I always tell her thank you afterwards because if she comes back to kill my family, I hope that maybe she'll at least leave me. <laughs> and then instantly, like... That was the first time that I verbalized that thought. <laughs> that joke. <laughs> and instantly I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to live if she kills my family. <laughs> if she kills my family, I just hope she kills me too. And so I feel like that's how I would Very be. Morbid. I know. And that's what I said. Exactly. I said, this got really morbid really quick. <laughs> and I wasn't anticipating that. But I don't think that I had ever really faced what that reality would feel like and look like. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could do it. So you verbalized the joke. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, I, do, I don't know. I might would die, Matt. I would just die <laughs> if something happened to my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, every now and then, about every other summer, Deidre and the kids go to Idaho yeah. with uh, her parents for 10 days. And anytime that they're actually traveling, I'm freaking out the entire yeah. time. So I'm like, if they go, if something happens, some, some uh, you know, 18-wheeler guy nods off and mm-hmm. jumps a barricade and they're gone. Yeah. What on earth am I going to do at this point? Yeah. You know, and it's a terrifying thought. It is. But you never really think that it's going to happen like a terrorist walking into a church. Yeah. I mean, that just... And unfortunately, 
you have to start thinking that way because that's happened so many times. Mm-hmm. Even here in America, we mm-hmm. had that guy a couple a year and a half ago or whatever that walked into a church and just started shooting it up mm-hmm. and killed a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I mean it's 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 becoming a reality. It like, is. Uh, the other day, someone was in uh, at CR and they spotted that uh, our worship leader John Hillary's husband uh, was carrying his gun, you know, mm-hmm. concealed carry. They saw it peek out under his shirt. They said, "Hey, you're not supposed to have that here, are you?" Uh, and he didn't hear him, but I responded. I'm like, oh yeah, we've got about six or seven men and women at least in this church that are always carrying ever since that attack a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a sad thing that we live in that kind of world. And it's a sad thing to think that what happened in Sri Lanka, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we would think that could never happen here. Yeah. And now we're like, that could absolutely happen here anytime. Yep. And that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. See? Now we're See? in a sad mood again. Oh. Sad mood again. Got all serious. Let's try and let's try and end on a, on a funnier note. Uh, we're going to end today. Uh, when you join uh, Back Row Baptist Church, our Facebook group, you're asked three questions, and we recently changed them up a little bit. Did you really? Mm-hmm. So the first question is is simply, have you read or do you promise to read the rules of the group? Uh, the second question is, hey, this is a group about religious humor. And so do you realize that you're probably going to get offended at some point? <laughs> and then the last question is a question that nobody really gets to see, but but me that, that approves the members is, if you had the power to make an 11th commandment, what would it be? And so... Most people either skip it or say, I don't know, or it's something about food, but <laughs> like, thou shalt eat more food. That's simply very dumb, not very good. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to say dumb. You're not dumb. It's just not very creative. Let's put it that way. <laughs> giving you an opportunity here, giving you a platform to showcase your humor abilities, and you're not coming through for me. Right. But uh, we did have two this week that came across that I thought were very funny. Uh, so the first one came from, did I? Yeah, I'm yeah hi- I had you do that. I'm That's highlighted, right. so but you if you want to go for it. You you share them. This okay, so our first 11th commandment, were you going to intro the new segment and I cut you off? Sorry. Well, no, that whole thing was the intro. Okay. I just forgot that I was going to have you do the actual meat of the work. All right. So <laughs> our first 11th commandment comes from Jeff Williams, and he says, Thou shalt acknowledge Batman beats Superman at every turn. So I just want to say, Jeff, that I nearly declined you from joining the group. Just I was going to say. Because <laughs> I know you and I have had this conversation, and I know that I proved you wrong, and you refused to admit it. But I let you in because we're friends, Jeff. But, oh. But he's questioning that friendship. It was close. And... From someone who knows the pain, he will replace you in a heartbeat. (laughs) All it takes Uh, is leaving the church and being gone for two weeks and you're replaced. Well, when you're gone, of course you're going to get replaced. Whatever. Listen, Kevin even asked me while we were there, hey, is Hillary like taking over now or, or what's going on? I did. I did share a you know a picture of the this week on BR. Uh huh. MS. Did you see it? No. Where I superimposed her face over your face. You're a jerk. And I, and I crossed out Mo and I wrote Hillary underneath it. 
for this week or oh this past week. week yeah the week that she was you're on. a jerk <laughs> you're such a jerk our second yeah. second 11th commandment <laughs> comes from harley freeman thou shalt not close chick-fil-a on the sabbath i mean seriously i understand the idea but can't we look at chick-fil-a as jesus did like medical professionals <laughs> this is a healing situation for us can't you work on Sundays, too, and heal us, <laughs> bring us this joy that we need? That's what I think. I think you're reaching. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to Lubbock I mean, or Amarillo so many, on Saturday. And there are so many Chick-fil-A's in hospitals. And even they close on Sundays. Like, come on, you're in. This is you, this is as close to being a nurse as you'll ever be. Okay, and you're so you're still gonna close. <laughs> I could totally see that being an argument, like a Chick Fil A inside of a hospital, hospital, or a Chick Fil A inside of a mall, yeah. or you know, not a Chick Fil A that is not a standalone restaurant. Sure. You know, Starbucks within uh, grocery stores abide by the grocery store rules they don't have all the things that a regular standalone starbucks has Mm -hmm. you know you type in your 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 rewards number just like you do at the cashier for the grocery store you do really Uh uh-huh over at starbucks they follow the same rewards program so listen if you're chick-fil-a and you're in a hospital you're in the mall or whatever (laughs) you follow along with those entity rules that's you gotta gotta obey a little bit of man's laws too. Give to Caesar what a Caesar's got. Exactly. <laughs> and I am Caesar, and Chick Fil A is mine. <laughs> All right, stick around soon. We'll be back to close out the show. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show on this Tuesday morning as we close out the show with our Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Psalm one thirty nine thirteen through fourteen. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. And our thought for the day comes from Tim Keller. He says, the essence of sin is not that we want bad things, but it's that we want things too badly. Ooh, one of them flippy quotes Mm -hmm, where they flip the thing. Flip the script. <laughs> the, my, how the turntables. No. <laughs> no. Office humor. All right. Thanks for joining us today on the Back Row Morning Show. We know it was kind of an up and down show. Had some weird topics. Uh, weird emotions. A roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> Tomorrow should be a lot happier, so stick around. Don't Don't abandon the boat. <laughs> don't jump ship we're every monday through thursday starting at 7 a.m eastern 4 a.m pacific we're a three-hour show that encores again at 10 eastern and 7 pacific and of course if you don't catch the show in the morning which you know we prefer you to because it's live or liver and, <laughs> and has a lot of dope music in between it uh but if you can't then you can catch up with us at uh just go to our podcast page or any place that you find podcasts, type in Back Row Morning Show and you'll find us there. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community at Back Row Baptist Church. No, Back Row Baptist Church by going to brbchurch.com. Did you follow that? Yeah, I said at Back Row Baptist Church, and I didn't mean to say the at. Oh, the at. Okay, uh-huh. I'm like, at Back the Row at. Baptist Church. You're like, at Back Row Baptist Church? No, Back Row Baptist Church. <laughs> I 
<laughs> like you said it right. You said it the I same know. way. I know. <laughs> I get it. That was difficult. No at symbol. No at it's symbol. The, yeah. yeah. BRB Church. Uh-huh. Dot com. <laughs> That's it for the show. Mo, what's the final word today? Don't buy your kids vapes. <laughs> uh, if you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.